this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Can't keep my hands to myself. No matter how hard I'm trying to. I want you all to myself. You're metaphorical gin and juice. So come on, give me a taste. Oh, how appropriate, Lou. Selena Gomez, the newest heartthrob for Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. He uh, is opining to uh, Selena Gomez. And the song, Can't Keep My Hands to Myself. By the way, before we get to the pertinent reason that we're playing this song, it makes sense uh, on so many levels. Did that Mike Slater say that he's going to see us tomorrow? Doesn't the schmuck, the putz, know this is radio? My God, when you got to start explaining to a broadcaster that we don't see you, we hear you. What is O'Reilly coming back? Please, please. Uh, I mean, you know, I want to take a gun and blow my brains out if I got to listen to that guy for another 15 minutes. Madonna Mai. It's the number one news talk station in the nation. Special Ed Mike Slater. We're going to see him tomorrow. I hope I don't see nor hear from you ever again. My God. Could it be any worse? Yes, yes, it can. I can go through a whole litany of people I've heard here at WABC substituting from time to time. Or then when they play best of, which is really worst of. But let me get back on track because the reason we're playing Selena Gomez, the heartthrob of uh, Frank Morano, she won't give him any play. Can't keep my hands to myself. It's in honor of Tamani Crump. You saw Tamani Crumb yesterday, 19. She was up uh, on 136th Street near Adam Cloud, Adam Clayton Powell Boulevard in the heart of Harlem, USA. And she decided that her boy toy, all 22 years of him, Elvin James, was getting jacked up by cops at the 32nd Precinct on an attempted murder charge that he had committed. Oh, I guess it was back, back on August 12th. Police charged him with attempted murder as a hate crime in the second degree, criminal possession of a weapon, reckless endangerment, and criminal possession of a firearm for shooting at a group of people on West 163rd Street in the heart of Washington Heights back on August 12th. So they had been uh, trailing this guy. They finally found him in front of a group of homeboys and homegirls. They jacked him up on the side. They handcuffed him. And who all of a sudden jumped to her boy toy's defense? It was Tamani Crump. And you've all seen the video played over and over and over to the point where you say, man, what a knockout punch. This guy, police officer Kendo. By the way, Kendo, uh, for those of you who are not cognizant, I need a little of that music, but keep it low, Lou. You know, I need the, I need it for the rhythm in, uh, in order to get through the lunchtime, 45 minutes of a ripping reading commentary. Just a little lower, that's right. We're right at the right level there. But Kendo, for many of you who are martial arts, uh, cognizant is a Japanese martial art in which you see the practitioners normally with bamboo swords uh, whacking each other with the protective armor on. I don't believe that's 
why his first name is Kendo Kinsey. But Kendo could also mean that he was originally from Nigeria. So I'm still not quite figuring that out. It turns out that uh, uh, he has had a series of charges against him in the past, claiming that he used excessive force. And we were told that immediately upon watching this video that Al Slim Shady Sharpton of the National Action Network would be down at the 32nd Precinct at 3 o'clock yesterday protesting this. And I'm sure phone calls uh, went back and forth between uh, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. By the way, uh, Lou, you know it's his uh, 62nd birthday tonight. That means he's raising the roof. He's going to be going from club to club and changing his outfits at each and every birthday extravaganza, the metrosexual that he is. Just to give you a heads up, that's all this guy lives to do is to be the nightlife mayor and sample the product. But anyway, we're back on track. I'm sure Mayor Eric Adams, the best friend that Al Slim Shady Sharpton ever had, probably picked up the phone and said, Yo, Al, I don't need you going over to the 32nd Precinct. That's going to attract a lot of media, way more media. Uh, and I want to give this cop the benefit of the doubt. And then no doubt, Lou, you know what happened. Al Slim Shady Sharpton, who probably was at Sylvia's for lunch, getting wine, dined in pocket lines, selling civil rights insurance to some Fortune 500 company, probably looked at the video and said, yo, that's a black cop on a black girl. No, 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 no. If it was a white cop, oh, my God, no justice, no peace. There would have been hundreds of National Action Network sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys storming the 32nd precinct. So all of a sudden, it's starting to wind down. Meantime, you have uh, the 19-year-old's grandmother who was screaming, hooting, and hollering and saying, whoa, 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 what, what is this? All of a sudden, you got the young men, young women playing knockout in the streets of New York. How is this cop any better than those thugs who are knocking people out in the street. Well, to be continued, but in this case, I believe, Kendo Kinsey, police officer who knocked out that 19-year-old uh, girlfriend. By the way, you know, maybe the girlfriend should learn this, uh, Lou. Pick your boyfriends uh, with a little more discretion. You know, if they're wanted for attempted murder and hate crimes, maybe you should lose them like a, a bad habit instead of continuing to hang with them. But anyway, the point being is, you know that this is slowly going to fade out. Why? Because the complexion is the protection of Kendall Kinsey. If he had been a white cop, there'd have been no justice, no peace marches all throughout the city. Meantime, let's go to a far more serious uh, uh, problem. A 25-year-old woman was found shot in the head. Right, young woman, shot in the head. Meantime, her um, killer was wearing black, and he had on a black mask. This occurred at East 14th Street in Union Place at about 5 o'clock this morning. It happened right near the NYU housing. The killer fled the scene. Naturally, there is uh, no description of the killer other than he was dressed all in black and had a black mask on. You think that since you have video of this guy, NYPD, you could have told us whether he's black, he's Hispanic, he's Asian, he's white, he has olive skin complexion. You know, that might be somewhat helpful, but of course we're not going to do that. We don't want to implicate uh, somebody. We don't want to profile somebody, do we? Of course we do. That's how you catch them. 
And then all of a sudden, oh. And this is the worst of the worst. And you've all seen it out there, and it's courtesy of the Shamrim Patrol, the Jewish Patrol, that patrols the streets of Flatbush and Midwood and surrounding areas of South Brooklyn. And they're not just there to protect Jewish people. Uh, They'll jump out and they'll protect anybody who's in distress, anybody who has a problem, whether it's criminal or another type. I've worked with them for years. They're great uh, volunteers. But there was a video of a 72, excuse me, 78-year-old white woman who was yanked out of an accessorized car onto a Brooklyn street by the white driver who said she tried to steal her phone. It was all caught on video and posted on Twitter. The driver was seen pulling the 78-year-old woman with a cane out of the back seat, closing the car door as she lies on the street trying to fend him off with a cane. And she was supposed to go to a physical therapy appointment in a nearby neighborhood. Now, when my mother was alive, Francesca, oftentimes... She would get an accessory to her therapeutic appointment, so I can really relate to this also. It was near the corner of Avenue and in Marine Park right next to Canarsie, which is where, uh, obviously, I spent most of my time uh, uh, raised. And more importantly, that's where my father and mother spent most of their time. So I can completely understand what's going on here. Thankfully, a 35-year-old Good Samaritan, we don't know who he is, filmed the the video and intervened as the woman shouted, call the police, please, call the police. He got the woman's phone back from the driver after she yelled that the man had stolen it. After the driver handed over the woman's phone. Remember, she's 78 years old. She's on the ground. She has a cane. She's been injured. She was dragged out of that accessoride by the white driver. He ran to get back behind the wheel and slammed on the gas pedal, striking the Good Samaritan who was trying to block him from fleeing. Eventually, the police arrived. The driver is out of sight, out of mind. They have a good picture of him. Yes, he is white. He should be easy to find as an accessory driver. And, Lou, it's like almost 24 hours later. They still haven't made a collar, still haven't made an arrest, like, they don't have the drivers of the accessoride vehicles registered. Of course they do. It's just everything is a dollar short a day late in the city of New York, which is Fear City, which is like a Kurt Russell um, movie, Escape from New York. And then this was the best one. <laughs> uh, this woman who had been attacked on the subway, the number one train, said, F New York. That's how this native New Yorker feels about the city that she was birthed and raised in after she was slapped about on the number one train. Her name, Weasley Beto. Uh, she was on the number one train in the middle of the day Friday as the train pulled into the West 66th Street Lincoln Center Station. And all of a sudden, this guy started pimp-slapping her all around her head. She says, New York is not the same anymore. Things need to change. She was with a 15-year-old cousin heading home to Inwood around 2.45 p.m. The fed-up victim said she now is considering moving to Florida. I don't feel that comfortable in New York anymore, she said. 
referring to the city's spiraling crime race. Well, I guess maybe Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb was talking to her when she urged all five and a half million registered Republicans in New York State to go ahead, pack your bags, move out and go to Florida. It's the fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump and Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you, re- you don't represent our values. So, uh, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb, what do you say to this citizen, born and raised here, Vesley Beto, attacked on the number one train Friday, who says it's so unsafe now, she's considering moving to Florida. She noted that she recently visited the Sunshine State and was amazed at how much freedom and how much security there was. Uh, Kathy Crime Wave Hochul, should she move out? Should all the victims of crime move out? Should they all go to Florida? Is that what you're suggesting? So that the only ones maybe left behind are the criminals? After you, after all is said and done, after you keep chasing people out of New York, which, by the way, has had the most exodus of any state in the nation, now has had the most regressive Aging policy, meaning more people are dying earlier in New York State than any other state in the nation. And obviously, it is the only state that continues to have a no-bail system in which the judges in their black regal robes are not permitted to make decisions as to whether the person charged with the crime is a danger to themselves or a danger to society and should be remanded to jail with bail or sent to um a mental health care hospital. Later on, I'm going to give you an update on my night in Patterson, New Jersey, at the Brownstone. New Jersey has had a no-bail law in full effect two years before New York's. All Andrew Evilized Cuomo, who was the governor then, and the state legislature led by Democrats, all they had to do was Xerox copied it. It's had some problems, but nowhere near the problems of the New York State independent and autonomous version that makes us the crime capital when it comes to criminal justice in the United States. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. I'll light the fire. You place the flowers in the vase that you bought today. Great Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young song. Staring at the fire for hours and hours while I listen to you play your love songs all night long. Here comes the punchline. On your lunchtime edition here at WABC, 45 minutes of a rip and read and commentary 
I'm not taking any calls right now. I do all weekend long. In fact, it'll be extended into Labor Day as uh, Goldbrick, uh, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, decides he's not going to show up. So I'll just eat up the real estate. So good. With two cats in the yard. Notice two cats. Life used to be so hard. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the reason we're playing this Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young Classic isn't the fact that I continue to side with them against Spotify and Musclehead Joe Rogan. But rather, it has to do with Goldmine Sachs. That's right, the same Goldmine Sachs that has produced governor after governor that has destroyed the state of New Jersey. First Chipmunk Cheeks, uh, Corzine, now half in the bag, Murphy. And waiting in the wings, uh, mayor of Jersey City, thinks he's going to become the next governor over my dead body. Uh, Phillips, all of them graduates of Goldmine Sachs. Well, Goldmine Sachs has just said brace for an even bigger housing downturn. Now, what does that mean, a bigger housing downturn? Well, Bank of America which has been fined for deceptive practices, like so many of the big banks, which get away with a lot of white-collar crimes. Get this, Lou. Bank of America has announced zero down payment, zero closing cost mortgages for the first-time homebuyers in black and Hispanic communities nationwide. Boy, what comes around goes around. Don't you remember this? It was called subprime mortgages. It was embraced by both Democrats and Republicans and the Federal Reserve Chairman and Bush 43. They loved it. You only needed a 500 credit score. That was okay. There were low rates, no fee, lender quotes, pre-approved in minutes. Remember the subprime mortgage? Remember when uh, Andrew Evilize Cuomo was the HUD chief for Bill Clinton and he went to the big banks and he told them, You must write up subprime mortgages or else. And they did. And then in 2008, our financial system here and across the globe almost imploded. And what did we end up doing? Because they were too big to uh, to fail. Too big to fail by whose standards? Their own standards. It's cronyism. And we were told that we had to bail them out. We had to give them loans in which there was no interest. No interest loans for the big fat cats who almost destroyed the economy. Meantime, if you were on mainstream, you had to pay a VIG. The whole world shook, and we had to bail out the crooks on Wall Street, the hedge fund monsters, the big banks, the big uh, stock firms. Meantime, nobody went to jail, remember? And now we're doing it all over again because of high interest rates, and they'll probably go higher with inflation, Yeah, I know. Uh, Tonight, Joe Biden is going to address the nation. He'll probably blame Putin again for inflation. But it's Biden inflation. And because of Biden inflation, the Federal Reserve is raising the interest rates. And that's going to cause an even bigger housing downturn. So what do you do? You start issuing subprime mortgages, except you don't call it subprime mortgages. You say all of a sudden that in cities... There will be a zero down payment, zero closing cost mortgages to help grow home ownership amongst black and Hispanic Latino communities. And if any of you remember the debacle 
of the subprime mortgages. For the first four years, everything was copacetic, very low interest rates. And then, Lou, they came at you with a Thor-like sledgehammer where the VIG went up and you basically got foreclosed on. And it happened over and over. And remember, they bundled the subprime mortgages, Goldmine Sachs and the rest of these crooks on Wall Street. And they sold them to Greece and they sold them to other countries. And then when it imploded, boom, there went their economy. Here we go again. Let me be the first to re- remind all of you what the sub-mortgage Michigash was all about and who was responsible, both Democrats and Republicans, because they all had their beak in the trough. Meantime, walking through Times Square yesterday, uh, Lou, oh, I was so impressed with those uh, video billboards going up and down the gateway to the world saying uh, <laughs> a gun-free zone. <laughs> Sure, I'm sure that's going to encourage a lot of tourism. There were the weed wagons. There were the guys selling their nickel and dime bags, fighting over, selling them on those uh, those card tables. There were guys hustling their rap CDs, getting very aggressive. There was Elmo. There was a naked cowboy. There was everything that the Michigash that takes place in Times Square each and every day. Not as many tourists as we've been used to before the lockdown and pandemic of March of 2020. But I noticed that a number of people hanging out there now are the illegal aliens who have been welcomed into New York. Oh, yeah, welcomed into New York by uh, Cardinal Dolan Catholic Charities. I'm going to give you an update on them, and you can see how they swindled money out of us. That's why they've been so generous in inviting in the illegal aliens especially the new arrivals who uh, tend to be from Cuba now, Colombia, and Venezuela. That's right. Hugo Chavez, he dropped dead, and then he was replaced by the Ralph Cramden bus driver in Caracas who loved him, Maduro. And they're all now flooding across the Texas border. Uh, by the way, Governor, uh, Governor uh, Abbott is now switching up a little bit. I'll give you an update of that momentarily. But people are lining up. As a result of the New York, uh, excuse me, the United States Supreme Court decision that said that New Yorkers have a right to have a conceal and carry permit, which we should have that right. In fact, in some places uh, around the state, people are lined up to the wee hours of the morning until today, because today the new regulations go into effect, which basically mean you can't carry your concealed weapon, even if you've jumped through all the hoops and they've added extra hoops uh, almost anywhere. You'd be lucky if you can carry it in your driveway, maybe your house, but almost nowhere else. And now the new New York gun law applicants have to provide social media accounts to go back three years. I'd like to know who it is that's making the determinations of whether social media rules you out. Let's see. If you say you love Donald Trump, does that mean you can't get a conceal and carry permit? If you criticize Governor Crime Wave Kathy Holcomb and Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, does this mean you can't get a concealed carry permit, even though you jump through all the hoops and you qualify in each and every way? Who are the arbiters? Who makes the decision as to whether your social networking going back three years is going to all of a sudden eliminate you from consideration of a right that United States Supreme Court says you have? And again, uh, applications for carry licenses have shot up 54%. But it was a total joke in Times Square yesterday, talking to some of the tourists. They were saying, 
I don't know if we're coming back here again. It's really bad. And now they got signs that are saying no gun zone. Does this mean people are carrying guns? I said, look, yes, people are carrying guns, uh, but they're thugs and thugettes. And by the way, they're still not doing stop and frisk. So how are they going to catch anybody with a carry permit, a concealed carry permit, legally able to carry? How are they going to catch any of them if they're not doing stop and frisk and catching thugs and thugettes? Anyway, uh, I digress. Let's go back to Governor Abbott. Uh, By the way, Lou, can I have my uh, song there, my uh, Come to America where everything is free? Governor Abbott has decided to give us uh, some relief. He will still send some Greyhound buses each day from the border between Texas and Mexico to New York. Yes, they will be coming at the Port Authority, but not at the same rate, not with the same numbers. He has decided to focus on... The mayor who is being criticized by her own citizens in Chi-Town, Chicago, for going out and partying at night like our own Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, and the Finnish prime minister, you know, all 36 uh, years of her, the Molly and ecstasy queen there. Uh, Chicago residents have asked, where's our mayor? She's out every night partying. Meantime, the crime is escalating. So Governor Abbott has decided, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to give you some relief, Washington, D.C. I'm going to give you some relief, New York City. I'm going to send some of these illegal aliens from the border crossing from Mexico to Texas to Chi-Town. And I mean, uh, (laughs) Mayor Lightweight, Lightfoot, whatever you want to call her, busted a few blood gaskets earlier today and said, how dare you? How dare you? What the hell? She's like MIA, missing in action. She's a party queen at night, like our mayor, who's a metrosexual party king at night, like the Finnish prime minister, who is the ecstasy and Molly queen at night. Anyway, city officials have quietly opened up a welcome center here in New York City for the newly arrived immigrants. The facility aimed at enrolling their children in schools, offering job placement and helping migrants complete immigration paperwork is operated by the American Red Cross in Hell's Kitchen. By the way, did they see two guys got uh, knifed and killed in Hell's Kitchen within the last 24 hours? Eh, that doesn't matter. It's part of a $7 million city contract issued in August aimed at helping the thousands of illegals. By the way, guess who is the recipient of the $7 million, Lou? Connect the dots. That's why Cardinal Dolan is always saying... Come one, come all. We love all you illegals. The operation is being run by who else? Catholic Charities, which posted a notice on its uh, website seeking volunteers. Catholic Charities Community Services is currently experiencing an influx of individuals and families seeking asylum here in New York City. We need personable, professional volunteers to help our case management team with administrative duties and client-related activities. What do they need volunteers for? They just ripped us off for $7 million. Hey, Cardinal Dolan, how about paying these people, huh? Well, boy, what a bunch of schmucks. And we're the ones having to flip the bill. Still no money from Washington. Still no money for these illegal aliens coming into our city from Kathy Crime Wave Hokum. And yesterday, finally, finally the White House had to speak on... The issue of all the fentanyl that's coming across the border from Mexico into the United States and also coming in the uh, bellies 
of ships coming from mainland, a.k.a. Red China, into our ports on the West Coast and on the East Coast. And all of a sudden, Jean Pierre, originally from Hedenstead, the new spokesperson for the White House, said, oh, no, 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 no. you got to understand that the Biden administration is doing something about more than 300 daily U.S. overdoses, most of it due to fentanyl. We are not only stopping fentanyl seizures by uh, having our Immigration and Naturalization Service do spot checks at the border, but we're also going at the financing. Nobody believed anything she said. And again, the President of the United United States, um, just weak, just aimless, just out of touch, out of tune, is going to be telling all of us tonight from Philadelphia how we have to remain a country of us and we and not I and me. This is after he basically told Republicans who are at odds with his administration, don't bring a knife to this fight, bring an F-15. I guess, uh, Lou, that means that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Greg Kelly should be piloting that F-15 against the forces of Joe Biden. How ridiculous. By the way, Texans are not at all upset that they've had to spend $12 million of their own state money, taxpayer-funded, to send these illegal aliens out on the Greyhound buses, and now they're rerouting many of them to Chi-Town. By the way, there is the uh, last congestion pricing hearing, and oh, were they a bunch of chickens. Here it is, instead of uh, having... uh, Instead of having public meetings about congestion pricing, which will be the death of the middle class, the death of the middle class, anywhere from $9 to $23, when you come south of 60th Street, anywhere between 60th Street and the Battery. Uh, The MTA had their final congestion uh, hearing on the subject in which the uh, MTA uh, commissioners, the money-taking agency commissioners were safe and secure from the criticisms uh, that were coming from all different ports of call because they wouldn't have a public meeting. They did it over Zoom. They said, you got three minutes, and they were cutting off person after person who was cussing them out. Yeah, yeah, it's a fait accompli. It's a slam dunk. This is just uh, the motions that they're going through to screw middle-class residents of New York City and from uh, those in the tri-state area. And then finally, here's the real piece of work. What does a borough president do, Lou, a borough president? They cut ribbons, and that's all they do. They're feckless, they're weak, and they appoint patronage uh, employees uh, for the local Democratic Party. That's all they do. But the Manhattan borough president, Mark Levine, who had the, had the coulions to actually uh, weigh in on congestion pricing, this anti-car extremist, who wants to put in another bike lane along the West Side Highway. He himself has racked up 41 vehicular violations in less than a decade, including speeding, blowing red lights, and even blocking a bike lane with his privately owned 2012 Honda CRV. He's had ticket after ticket after ticket, and I've always said, Impose upon these elected officials, many of them who always are guilty of saying, do as I say, but not as I do, the dangerous vehicle abatement program, which means you impound their private vehicles and you force them to take a driver's safety course. But again, as a borough president, he has a police officer driving him around 24 hours a day, and we pay for 
the SUV. How about using mass transit, borough presidents, huh? Like regular working people have to. He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. God, I hate this song. I hate the boss. Farmer Bruce Springsteen. Claims he was a working-class hero, right? Freehold, New Jersey, born on the other side of the tracks, blue-collar working class. Now, he's part of the what? Rumson One Percenters, who then, I guess, writes off his own homegrown product, uh, claiming he's a farmer so he can uh, avoid property taxes and get the fake, phony, fraudulent property rebate that even renters get in New Jersey signed by whoever is governor, in which you think in New Jersey, oh, wow, the governor is Santa Claus. No! It's your freaking money! Oh, please, please, stop, stop. I've had it with Springsteen. He's going on tour now after he hasn't been on tour since 2017 with the E Street Band, with Schmata Boy, uh, you know. And and what are they charging? Like, you got to take a reverse mortgage and a payday loan in order to go to a concert. Yeah, he's a real working class hero, Springsteen is. Well, let me take you to where I was last night. Real working class men and women who were assembled in the Brownstone. The catering hall, which uh, historically has been at the epicenter of Passaic County. In fact, right where uh, Patterson, New Jersey meets Clifton. That's right, Clifton, with a lot of uh, kielbasa and pierogies. I know that. Uh, my last name being Polish, and I remember whenever I'd be in Clifton years ago, boy, they would stuff me full of uh, pierogies and kielbasa. But anyway, I digress. I was at the Brownstone. I was the uh, uh, personal guest of Dr. Castilla, a real strong supporter of the Guardian Angels, and Johnny Rivera, same like. Both of them together say, hey, you got to come to this event. You got to speak in honor of three guys just like yourself who, when you ran for mayor, you had boots on the ground. These three guys had boots on the ground. But sort of showed you where the new voters for the GOP lay lie, whatever word you want to use, the Hispanics, and he got them fired up. And it could well be the differential in these upcoming uh, county races, say county uh, commissioner, Republican Troy Oswald, Alex Cruz, uh, to get into the legislative component of that. And then Mason Mayer for the Pisek County Sheriff. They got a Democratic County Sheriff right now, Mason Troy and Alex have had boots on the ground for years in Patterson and throughout Passaic County. And look, everybody in that room, they were Democrats and Republicans. Nobody was talking Trump. Nobody was talking uh, uh, Biden because they understood it would be a divisive conversation. They were talking about local issues. And then the former Republican gubernatorial candidate came in, Citarelli. That should have been elected governor instead of half in the bag Murphy. I even said to Citarelli, who gave a great speech. By the way, he was right out of central casting. He looked like a governor. <laughs> That's something Trump would say. Hey, he looks like a governor. But anyway, the point is, he made a great speech. And I said to him, uh, before he gave his speech, I said, Jack, why don't you suggest that President Joe Biden make half in the bag Governor Murphy? 
the ambassador to Italy since he spends more time in Italy at his $28 million villa than he does tending to Jersey, Jersey issues. And by the way, I pointed out to this crowd, packed to the rafters at the Brownstone, that the history of WABC now on our 100th anniversary is that the most loyal and consistent listeners have been from the Garden State per capita per person when you look at it. Bergen County, Passaic County, Union County, Ocean County. I know the analytics. Ever since my mentor, Bob Grant, uh, gave me an opportunity uh, to engage here at WABC and Talk Radio 33 years ago, and he would have the public gatherings at the Rio Diner in Woodbridge, and he would do live remote broadcasts, and the place would be jammed. Anyway, I was talking with a lot of people about Jersey issues, because sometimes we're so New York-centric we forget all these issues that will impact us. Like, for instance, uh, half in the bag, Murphy wants to widen the New Jersey Turnpike, yet that small access to the Holland Tunnel is not being uh, addressed. That will create even more congestion. Then uh, we were talking about that new tunnel that is being built, Maquanama. It's supposed to be finished in 2035 between Manhattan and New Jersey, desperately needed. It's already $2 billion over budget. Can you imagine by the time that it's eventually completed and figure 2035 will become 2045 in a matter of time? It will be billions and tens of billions of dollars over budget. And we talked about uh, Newark, even though we were in Patterson and Raz Baraka, the corrupt mayor there, who uh, says he's keeping students safe by masking them up at the beginning of the school year when they come to schools. Like Barringer, where they're more in danger, that high school in the shadow of the uh, cathedral, of getting shot and suffering from lead poisoning than any variants of COVID-19. So it was a great night, and obviously we were very New Jersey-centric. But tonight is the night of all nights, Lou. I don't know if you've received your invitation. I certainly haven't. It's Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. It's his 62nd birthday, and apparently he will be jumping from private club to private club, the Zero Bond Club, and then a whole bunch of other private members-only clubs in Manhattan, which means the McWhitey Whiteys. Although he will be accompanied by a lot of these degenerate hip-hop rappers that are Recently, he gave $5.5 million of our tax dollars to for their uh, hip-hop museum in the South Bronx. Ask Jay-Z and Puff Daddy why they haven't donated their billionaires. They'll tell you because they don't trust the operators, but we, the sucker taxpayers, had to do that. So wait for tomorrow. I'll give you a full review of the swagger man with no plan, the fashionista outlook of what he was wearing and how he's established himself as the number one metrosexual in New York City. 